On episode 48 of DevTalk, I speak to Damien Mayers about applying your Xamarin iOS knowledge using Apple Swift. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Damien Mayers. Damien is a software developer focused on Xamarin. I'm really happy to have him on the show. Hello, Damien. Hi. Hi, you are from Geneva, Switzerland, or in Geneva, Switzerland. That's true, although you can probably tell from my accent that I'm originally from the UK, although I have become Swiss as well, so... Yep. <laughs> and how are things in Switzerland uh, with the current situation? Um, it actually depends on where you are. In the French-speaking parts, uh, where I am, people are pretty much uh, uh, kind of obeying the rules, you know, on the train and the bus. Uh, I take it every day. And generally, people are wearing their masks. Although well, here in the in the Swiss-German part of things, I think uh, there are more protests and so on. But uh, around here, it's you know, people are, are kind of uh, working in solidarity to try and uh, bring it under control. Yeah, I work for a, a company that's originally from Switzerland and uh, from for Zulka. They're in near Zurich, and yeah, I, I things seem pretty normal there. I, I actually had a meeting last week, but it I didn't go there in person, so I, I we did it remotely. But at the customer side, everyone was in the same room, so it seemed like they were working in the office again. Were they wearing masks? No, nobody. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, and your your day job is working with Xamarin, or is that a night gig? It's both, actually. Yeah, my day job is yeah, working with Xamarin on uh, kind of iOS and um, and Android, um, but sometimes there's kind of a lot of meetings and and the not so fun stuff. So on the train and maybe in the evenings or weekends, I work on my own projects also in Xamarin, um, more on, the, on wearables at the moment. Ah, Android Wear and WatchOS. Yeah, and also Tizen, the, the Samsung. Tizen also, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's yeah. good. I, I haven't uh, come across anyone who has programmed for Tizen, actually. Yeah, I haven't come across many either. So when you're, when you're programming for it, it's often uh, kind of virgin territory. You, you, know, you don't find many other people who have had the same problems as you have. But, uh, so I, I've actually been more of a resource for other people than, uh, ah. than being able to find things on Stack Overflow. But it's, it's, it's also, you know, I'm .NET, so I'm sharing the same engine that I've created for my app across iOS and Wear OS and, uh, and Tizen is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. We, we once, uh, we have this camp at our company once a year where we, where we meet for a week and we go to some, some hotel and just try out things or, or teach each other things. And one time we, um, made, we tried one of those Tizen, making a Tizen app with using Xamarin forms for TV. And we uh, we ported the what is it called settings plugin from James Montemagno. Yes. Back then we ported that to to Tizen and actually contributed it back. Um, but it seems like most of the work for that was done by the the Samsung team direct directly. They were they were. That's right. So this is Xamarin Essentials, you know, which it comes with Visual Studio. Um, yeah. Out of the box is actually available for Tizen now, and yeah, it was the Samsung team that. Um, that created the initial version. Um, although I have actually committed one bug fix to the Tizen implementation of Xamarin Essentials myself. Um, no. but, uh, so there's the community aspect, but uh, yeah. there's that, that Samsung team have done an amazing job, you know, even with Xamarin Forms, getting it run on Tizen is, is quite amazing. Did you get direct help from them too? No, no, um, I didn't need it um, generally. I, I mean, I've had some contacts just to say thank you for doing it and you know some informal contacts but mm -hmm. uh, but the, the Xamarin form stuff pretty much worked out of the box I did they have created some custom um, renderers and some custom controls um, specifically for the for the round interface you know but, yeah uh, 
it does it, it works amazingly well you know it's, I'm, I'm super impressed yeah i i i'm curious to see if the like the watch os support will just remain there or or if that's something that that microsoft just drops because there are not enough people using it I'm, yeah i was interested to hear but i think david ought now you, you interviewed him and he talked about uh I don't remember exactly what he said, but uh, you know they're, they're focused obviously on on the enterprise and where the customers are. I've seen him, you know, asking in forums and uh, and various places, you know, for feedback from customers mm -hmm. around, around the watch. And what makes it um, uh, tricky is that Apple are, are doing more and more things with Swift UI, and so a lot of the, you know, the, for the watch especially, oh. there's things like swipe to delete, you know, for for the uh, for the on the watch interface mm -hmm. that are just not available, you know, using storyboards and the old way of doing things. So, so so you know, I'm kind of limited in my apps um, around what I can do in terms of the user interface programming using Xamarin on uh, on the watch. So, because of that, I've been um, exploring Swift and Swift UI uh, all over the place. And I really am keen, in my own mind at least, to, it's not either or, it's not Xamarin or you know, Swift and Swift UI um, or .NET and Swift, or, you know, it's as well as, you know, so it's another another um, arrow in the quiver, if you like, from, from my perspective. And the, the journey of learning about it has actually taught me a lot about um, C Sharp, you know, some of the things that I'm, some of the newer things that are coming along or that have been there that I've not really, explored because i've been learning about those in swift and swift ui mm -hmm. it's kind of given me uh, new insights into into c sharp and .NET. so so it's been a i think it, I've, I've stayed away i've been kind of a i guess a monoculture developer for quite a long time okay i've done some some you know typescript and some c and c plus plus but um i haven't really got my head around it and a little java as well but um learning swift has been a, a really uh, a good thing from my perspective just to expand my mind, you know, and understand, you know, other ways of doing things. In the old days, when, um, you know, before Swift, uh, C-sharp was so much better as an interface on, on, on iOS um, and yeah. macOS because of the bindings, because of async and so on. But Swift has kind of, um, you know, I had to re 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 um, rethink things a little bit and examine my, my thoughts about it because Swift is, um, is really cool. Um, and uh, does a lot of things that, or does some things that are not yet in C sharp, which I think is causing the um, the people that you know at Microsoft that are trying to bridge between C sharp and Swift uh, a lot of headaches because some some concepts in in, C, in Swift are just not there in C sharp. So I'm I'm curious to see what you learned about C sharp that you uh, learned by doing Swift projects. Do you have an example? Yes, yeah, so one one specific thing. Um, which was there. So my way of, of, of learning in C Sharp has, has largely been um, kind of wait until ReSharper suggests a refactoring, you know, that, that does the new thing. And then I do the refactoring and work out how it works and eventually it becomes intuitive and I do it myself. Mm -hmm. But um, I hadn't really got into the into the pattern matching on, on uh, cases, on switch statements, mm -hmm. um, you know, that has been there for some time. So that kind of thing, um, I, I guess it's just a much more of a natural way of doing things in, um, in Swift and Swift takes it a lot further with uh, types associated with each case statement you, you can actually put data associated data with the uh, with the with each um, uh, kind of case in, in in a switch statement but but even just the, the pattern matching was was something that wasn't didn't come to me naturally as I was programming in C, in C sharp but uh, the Swift side of things kind of 
made it much more natural. I guess another thing is a whole value type. You know, Swift, it's, it really is pushed. You're pushed to do structs by default in Swift. Um, and I, so I haven't really got my head around doing that in C Sharp. I know there's some things coming along with records that are going to make it easier mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe less expensive. But uh, but I've now I'm I'm thinking do I need to do a class or maybe a, maybe a struct would be uh, more sense whereas before I just automatically did things using a class in C sharp. Yeah, I know that that feeling. Yeah, and I, I saw there there are some features in C sharp that are they, they look like they're catching up to Swift like um, the the default interface implementations. Yes, uh, talked yeah, so talked look- about that a while back in a sh- on a show. Yeah, no, th- those are definitely things that are you know, associated types with um, with interfaces uh, as well. So you can uh, you kind of you have generic interfaces in C sharp, but the way they've done them in in Swift um, is is kind of nice. So uh, so yeah, those those kind of things are uh, making it tr- tricky. I, I I feel for the poor. There's one guy who's it's all in open source, obviously, in, in, who's doing the interfacing to Swift from C sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there's a uh, Discord forum, and I'm seeing him posting about it, but it's there's definitely a mismatch between the languages, so, uh, so I feel for the guy. <laughs> but hopefully, sweet, you know, C sharp will, will, you know, will evolve, you know, and make it easier. Yeah. So, so what is this switch like? Is it um, you? You so before you were in in your Visual Studio world, you were just writing. Were you writing forms, or or were you already lower level? Yeah, I've done a mixture of forms and and lower level. So um, in my 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 side app, you know, which is where I do all the fun stuff, if you like, is uh, is is really um, you know quite low level. I, I'm having to do very low level audio. I'm having to talk HTTP two. So uh, mm-hmm. so that's that stuff um, isn't out of the box, you know. So I had to kind of go quite low. So what I've done in in my my side project is basically created a net standard. A library which I use everywhere, and then have callbacks to platform-specific code to grab low-level audio and, and things like that. Okay, and you you had to implement HTTP two yourself? No, 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 not no. I didn't have to do it exactly myself. But what I did have to do was hook into each platform-specific way of, oh. of of talking it, of making sure that it's actually using HTTP two. Um, in terms of the, and it's not just the uh, the version number in the you know the HTTP yeah. protocol. It's also things like uh, you can have a I, you can have a long lived um, connection open, and it kind of sends pushes more data down the line. And you have to deal with that. So it's 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 more. There's more to it than just um, yeah, just than just saying use HTTP two. Uh, yeah, so. And that's not something you can express in just .NET code. No, not not out of the box. With you know, I have to I have to pass a custom HTTP handler to the HTTP client to do the huh. the right version of HTTP, and and each platform has its own way of doing that. On um, on uh, Android, I used a, a library. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but I did have to use a kind of a, a specific library to do it. Whereas um, and iOS, you know, yeah, you have to go to the uh, to the uh, NSURL handler, and and it's 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 not amazingly complicated, but it isn't. It isn't out of the box, you know. Okay. Yeah. So and but then suddenly you're not in Visual Studio anymore, and everything looks different. And and what what kind of feeling is this? It's uh, it's painful, frankly. Uh, Xcode is, in my opinion, way way behind. You know, Visual Studio in terms of the user interface and and the mechanics and and especially if you have ReSharper installed, uh, you know, the whole refactoring. Um, just uh, well, there were some things that just I couldn't 
believe that when I wanted to test a, a library that had no user interface code, it still had to fire up a simulator in order to do my unit tests. You know, whereas in Visual Studio, you can run the unit tests with headless, if you like, you know, with no no, no app running. So it, it, there are a lot of things that just um, take some getting used to, if you like, uh, between you know, going backwards and forwards between them. And I'm, I'm hesitant to say that it's just my, you know, I, well, I, I don't, I'm not intimately familiar with Xcode. I'm still ramping up on it. So maybe, you know, somebody who was living and breathing Xcode would, uh, wouldn't have the same experience as I do. But, but I do feel that especially a lot of the refactoring and, and just the ease of use of the tool I find um, painful. Uh, it's simple things like the button to resume after you've paused in debugger is a different button to the button you press to start the app in the first place. So I'm constantly accidentally stopping my app, you know, rather than, than uh, yeah. because I have to go down and click on a completely different button. So these are kind of small things. I'm keen to try out um, the, uh, the the tool from JetBrains uh, app, uh, app code, I think it's called. I have played around with that in the past, but because Xcode is so far ahead in terms of version numbers of you know of, of iOS and, and uh, watchOS, I, I'm having to use the latest betas of Xcode to get things running. But I've been spoiled with with Visual Studio, I think. Yeah. Have Have you been a Xamarin developer long enough that you still had to use Xcode to write iOS apps? Um, so I first I wrote my first um, iOS Xamarin app, I think around 2012, something like that. But I really got back into Xamarin in 2015. So, um, so no, I've never had to really. I mean, you have to have Xcode installed, and I do. Yes, uh, the reality is I, I've had to drop into Xcode um, from time to time to debug or to set things up, or you know, um, especially with um, with WatchOS, the the built-in um, storyboard editor mm -hmm. that comes with Visual Studio. I think it's basically broken at this point. Um, so you have to basically tell it to use Xcode to do the editing. Okay. Maybe things have changed, but uh, yeah, there's always been cases where you've had to drop into Xcode to do some things. Yeah, I, I still remember the time when there was no storyboard editor in Visual Studio. So you had to launch Xcode to, to actually create your user interface if you didn't do, didn't do it completely in code, which some people right. did at that point, actually. Yeah, the um, the trick with, with uh, watchOS, is um, the storyboard that, that you can't create the interface using code, um, except if you're using Swift. Ah. But if I'm using, if you're using C Sharp or story, storyboards, you have to actually use a storyboard. So uh, I guess it probably goes back to the initial days of uh, Watch OS, where everything was actually running on the phone and the UI was just projected over to the watch in the, you know, the first version. Mm -hmm. But um, I imagine things will change, but I can't imagine them investing much more time in storyboards on them. On watchOS, I think it's Swift and Swift UI all the way from going forward. And Swift UI is a little bit different from everything we know from the the .NET world, right? Absolutely, that it is different. I mean, there is obviously there's .NET Maui coming up, coming up, you know, and that's based off of some, uh, I think, an open source project that, that tries to do a similar kind of thing. But it's it is, um, I mean, it's superficially similar and and they it's, it's mvvm you know so you'd think that, you know coming from our our world instead of model, model view controller it's you know it's model view view model so that, that that kind of there are some aspects to it that are familiar um as a c sharp and the xamarin forms developer but the way the user interface is defined again it looks similar to, to, to xamarin forms and in that you have, you know, it's not you're not writing code, or you're not writing something that looks like code. Although it is a domain-specific language, so it does actually come out as code a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of how Link, you know, looks. It's quite different, but it kind of maps down to uh, 
to uh, C sharp. So um, with um, with uh, Swift UI, you're you're writing um, in this domain specific language, but it, it does come out as uh, as actual Swift, strongly typed Swift code. So uh, so it's different from that perspective. And they've done. I, I don't know to what extent they looked at things like things like Xamarin Forms, but you know with with um, with Xamarin Forms, obviously, you have I notify property changed, and you have to in, implement that and you know, and fire it whenever a property changes. Obviously, you've got helper libraries and so on. But uh, but uh, with Swift and and, and um, Swift UI, you can basically um, use a property modifier, say add published in front of the uh, in front of the property, and declare the property just as, as normal, like like you would in, in um, C sharp. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then it automatically generates a load of code behind the scenes. To do the essentially raise the property change notification to to the user interface, so so it's it's uh, they've got the advantage of having started from scratch, so they can do things right. I'm putting I'm putting that in air quotes, you know, or, you know, use the lessons learned from from things like Xamarin Forms to uh, to make it from a developer perspective quite a nice way of doing things. You don't have a lot of overhead boilerplate code that you you do actually have in, in C sharp. I, I was just thinking about, do you know Monotouch Dialog? I do remember that. It was a, in my mind, it's a precursor to, to Xamarin Forms. I don't know if that's really the case. But. Yeah, but it, it, it reminds me more of Swift UI actually than of Xamarin oh, yeah. Forms because it, it wasn't it wasn't XML, okay. um, and it was like this declarative way of defining your user interface only only for iOS back then, um, but or or Monotouch as as it was called. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Maybe ahead of its time, uh, never really really took off, or or, or it's actually it, it wasn't active anymore at the time when Xamarin Forms came out. So it, oh, okay. it wasn't the direct successor. Okay. Yeah. No. It's uh, it's um, what's interesting. I don't know if I just said this already, but what's interesting is that you you define your user interface in Swift UI. Um, and then it renders um, for Mac OS or Watch OS or TV OS or, or iOS, which is very similar to how it works with Android. With I'm sorry, with Xamarin Forms. You know, you you define a list, and you know the concept of a list. You define it in in, in Swift UI, and then it'll present the list in the platform specific, in the most appropriate platform specific way. So obviously, in a watch, it'll look quite different to on on a on a desktop. So it's this. It might there are a lot of Things that are reminiscent of how Xamarin Forms works, in terms of the, the way it works. Now, you're asking before about one of some of the things that kind of have, um, have brought me back to to C Sharp or seen C Sharp in a new way. And, and Swift UI has or Swift has uh, a, a framework called Combine, which is a react, reactive framework. And mm -hmm. I never really got my head around, you know, re reactive programming. I tried a few times, but never really lived and breathed it, if you like, in in C Sharp. Even though it you know it started in I think 2010 2011, um, so it's been there for a long time in C sharp. But uh, but Swift um, and, and Com Swift UI and Combine works really really well with Swift UI. So um, so that's a quite a nice um, you know, way of doing things. And uh, when I do my C sharp, I think I may be maybe going back into the reactive uh, mindset because Swift doesn't have uh, async and await yet. Although they, there's some stuff in the in the discussion forums, and some, I think I saw a pull request going into Swift that has adds those keywords. So I imagine it's coming, mm -hmm. but right now, it, now it's not there. And so, Combine is quite a nice way of you know you can essentially um, generate a, an HTTP request, and then that'll come come back as a, a kind of a, a, a 
in a reactive manner, and then you can map that to something else. You can decode it as JSON. You can then switch to the UI thread, and then you can assign it to the published property that I mentioned before, and boom, your your interface gets updated. And so it's um, it's uh, I miss async and await, but but the combined way of doing things is is quite um, readable and and um, uh, a nice compact way of doing things. So um, maybe I'll be switching to that this way of doing things, or at least it's another you know, way of doing things. Is there something that you, uh, well, apart from async awaits, are there things that you, you think C-sharp is doing better than Swift? It's really, really hard to think back. Um, it's a different, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's better. Uh, I mean, obviously the multi-cross platform thing, I, I just wish, you know, that it, um, what I would really love is to be able to, Use that dot that standard library that I mentioned before, and use that from C sharp. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, from Swift, I should say, and Swift UI, so that I can reuse my engine, which is maybe ninety percent of my code for my for my side project app, um, and reuse that from C sharp. Sorry, from Swift. Um, and there is the embeddinator from from Microsoft, but it's not which which is exactly for that for embedding um, .NET in. In native code, but, yeah. um, but it's um, not been seeing much love, and and it, and it doesn't support watchOS. So uh, that, that would be a great way of thing of moving things forward. But but in terms of C sharp itself, I I I can't say I'm I miss things that are there um, apart from async await. I think uh, it's just a different way of doing things. You know, if statements don't have brackets around them, you don't have to do the semicolons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they do some things in in Swift that are kind of cool around. Um, actually, actually, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go back. There is I, I do like I prefer the exception mechanism in C sharp. Okay, I know why they've done that in Swift. They've, they've they still have exceptions, but they're quite limited, and I think it's because of performance. But I, I I'm still t- trying to kind of get my head around the, uh, the Swift way of doing doing exceptions. But uh, so I was going to talk about that. Yeah, they have a thing called Guard, which lets you uh, in your checks at the beginning of a method you know make sure something's not null make sure all preconditions are there yeah you can it's like an insert inverted if you can essentially assert other things and if all those things are good you carry on otherwise you have to leave the, the function you can mm-hmm. throw an exception or return so there are, there are some nice things on, on swift side of things but um c sharp um yeah I, I still c sharp is still my primary programming language i'm still kind of ramping up on swift and swift ui I think there's this uh, .NET library that I don't remember what it's called that where you you can write attributes at the around your your function to define what what like ranges for example for parameters and things like that. Yes, preconditions of some kind. I think I've, I've seen that kind of thing as well, but it does require um, some kind of preprocessing. It's, it's similar to to that property um, wrapper that I mentioned before in Swift, you know, where you can do add published, add yeah. time published in front of it. Though I know there are things out there that will kind of inject code at runtime or sorry, compile time to do it. Um, and I know we have source code generators coming along in C Sharp. So right. maybe yeah. those kind of things all the you know will pay for the will do a similar kind of thing. Yeah, I I know there's Fodi uh, as a library. Yes, yeah, We've yeah. talked about that in on the show too. And uh, that that generates basically that. For example, you can use it to, to generate that raise property change. But yeah, uh, source generators will also be able to do that. So yeah, n- that would probably be more integrated into into just uh, press F five and and it it does that for you and then runs. Yeah. Instead of yeah. running some separate tool. 
I'm also I'm looking for the source generators also for, for generating um, uh, classes from JSON uh, or, or to, for decoding JSON and uh, encoding it because uh, the standard way of doing things until now has been using Newtonsoft, mm -hmm. but because there's an artifact of the way that um, the code is um, compiled down to native code on on WatchOS, um, it uses a big code and it has to, I, I don't know the details, but it basically generates an enormous library. Um, uh, way beyond what is uh, allowed by Apple. Mm -hmm. So you have to do all kinds of tricks using full linking to, to, to slim it down. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting rid of all that pain by uh, by using code generators on, in C Sharp. Okay. So, but you mentioned you're using Swift now too. Is it, do, do you mix within the same app or or is this just the, you do one platform in Swift and the other one in C Sharp? Yeah, my, my thinking is from now on, and maybe I'm going to backport some of my existing apps, um, but for watchOS, I'm definitely going to go Swift mm -hmm. all the way just because Xamarin, I can't use Xamarin to do the, the latest things. It's just not not possible. And um, so so I'm not mixing and matching inside the same app at the moment. I, I think um, widgets is another thing on, on iOS that's coming with iOS 14. Uh, they've kind of redone the way widgets work. Mm -hmm. And those are also only possible in, in Swift. So inside the same app, I may have my main app in C Sharp. I will have my main app in C Sharp. Um, and then I'll have the, this essentially in a kind of an embedded app for the widgets that will be written in Swift. And that, that's in beta right now. That's something that they've just added support for in uh, in Xamarin to, to kind of allow a mixing uh, of C Sharp um, for the for one app part of the app and Swift for a separate kind of embedded app within the uh, the main app. You mean doing without, like without making a binding project or exactly no, it's a separate, completely separate um, executable if you like embedded within the main executable. Okay, I I haven't heard about that. Okay, yeah, that's the, that's the way the widgets work. It's also how you do things like handling Siri int intents. If you want to respond to Siri, um, you have to oh. kind of create an a separate embedded mini app if you like within the main app and so those you, know, you could imagine doing in swift yeah well, i think if you want to do swift now in, in embedding it in c sharp essentially what you have to do is um, expose your swift code as objective c code in the way you would do it if you wanted to allow objective c to call your swift code and then you but then you bind from your c sharp code essentially to that objective c mm -hmm. interface you've exposed from your swift that's that's what uh, microsoft are recommending to do at, at the moment Okay, I thought there were already Swift binding projects, but I yeah, I mean they have a project going on to do it, and there is a there is a um, a way of doing it, but it's it's not complete. Uh, okay, so so in the Discord, I think it's in the Discord. I've seen Microsoft people essentially maybe it's one of the forums. I don't remember, but basically for now, what they're recommending is essentially expose your Swift code as Objective C and then bind to that Objective C interface from C Sharp. Although things I'm sure will get better over time. This is all going uh, in the direction, or it's different from how it used to be. That there wasn't really anything that you could do natively that you could not do in Xamarin, and it yeah. seems that like now we're seeing these these little uh, yeah, areas, like niche uh, areas pop up. Maybe it's going to become more that that that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, you used to be able to write your custom keyboard or anything in Xamarin. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, for me, it's been a big um, shift psychologically in that, uh, you know, for the longest time I swang, I sang the praises of Xamarin. I spoke at conferences and and, and that was my, my key message is, you know, you can do everything you can do natively, but you get to program in C Sharp, you know, using all the, all the .NET goodness and, yeah. and reuse all your code across everywhere. 
and that unfortunately you know is certainly not true anymore with um with watch os and um, and for good reasons I, I don't blame the microsoft people for for doing it you know they yeah. have to prioritize but um but yes yeah, so that's why i'm really ramping up on, on swift and swift ui because i just can't do everything in xamarin anymore and i've learned a lot in the process so so it's not been a bad a bad experience yeah, well, when it was still Xamarin, it they didn't prioritize. They just said everything the platform can do will will support. And sometimes they had a hard time. I I think they they skipped WatchOS two uh, because it was such a big change uh, to to their their functionality. But it, eventually they they got there and and everything was supported. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there was an explicit promise, but in my mind there was an implicit promise of yeah supporting it everywhere. And so. Uh, I think the acquisition of Microsoft is more focused on the on the enterprise, obviously, and yeah. I, th- I think maybe there's a little bit in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but of a little bit of the tail the tail wagging the dog with with maybe forms, you know, getting a lot of focus, whereas the the fundamental underlying infrastructure maybe maybe not getting as much um, resources, if you like, than than the forms. But that's just my perception. I could be wrong. So, do you see more of that happening, or or what do yeah. you think the future will bring here? I think my, I mean, Swift and Swift UI are the way forward, and I, it, they obviously got a massive install base of people using Objective C, so that's not going to disappear. But I think new things going forward are going to be done in Swift and Swift UI, and you know, all examples in you know, the WWDC conferences were all in Swift. You know, it's really um, the way things are going to go, and it'll be a long time before Objective C is no longer supported, and therefore Xamarin won't be able to work. Um, but um, but I think we'll see more and more going in that direction. But I'm I'm hopeful still that that the, the Xamarin team will, you know, bind to Swift UI or Swift and Swift UI and maybe allow .NET portable objects or .NET standalone. Sorry, I'm I'm using the old terminology, but .NET standard libraries to be mm-hmm. embedded in in WatchOS and everywhere because that's for me the real value is that that library that I've got that does so much the business logic if you like yeah. and the fact that I can use that everywhere. That's the real value for me of Xamarin. And okay, if I have to write the user interface and a little bit of bridging code in Swift and Swift UI, I can live with that so long as I can use my business logic everywhere. I think there's this project there. They're trying to get Kotlin code run in iOS and have that that uh, cross-platform library thing basically work using Kotlin. So I've seen the same thing going in the other direction, trying to get Swift running. I mean, and they're pushing hard with with Swift in the oh, in yeah. the cloud mm-hmm. with Vapor, and and I and, and I know for they were trying to get it on Android. So yeah, interesting times. You know, everybody's trying to go cross platform. Yeah, was, well, last episode you haven't heard this yet because it was uh, it's not published yet with John, with John Dick. We talked about the or or at least my perception that. People are going or trying to do less cross-platform and going more to implement it in two platforms. And, and mm-hmm. I know there must be a multitude of reasons for that. I, I see. Well, already, if, if you look on Stack Overflow, like you see, probably at least a hundred times more answers. If somebody asks asks a, a simple question about uh, Swift than than uh, doing it in Xamarin, um, so it seems yes. like. Native is already really uh, either it's so complicated that you have to look it up on Stack Overflow, or um, it, it's just so so many more developers on that platform, those platforms. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that's part, like, part of the reason why I'm kind of ramping up on Swift and Swift UI to have it, as well as, you know, Xamarin is, is that, a, you know, that dawning realization that although it's been my world and I've loved it and lived it and breathed it for, for so long, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's time to also ramp up on uh, on Swift and Swift UI and uh, kind of extend my my skill set. And um, uh, But uh, the, my, the Apple documentation, just kind of a little bit of a tangent, but from my perspective, is really poor and Often the Microsoft documentation for iOS stuff is actually better than the uh, the Apple documentation mm -hmm. with, with examples and so on. So it's kind of uh, ironic, but but yes, I've had this realization as well that uh, although I've been seeing the praises of Xamarin on iOS and Android and Wear OS and Tizen and Mac OS and Xbox, you know, I've, I've built it, for, I've used built apps for all of those. You know, the develop the users don't care, and um, and um, you know maybe it's time to. Uh, to re-examine my my total focus on on Xamarin and add, add Swift and SwiftUI to my to my skill set. But you were writing apps, not Xamarin apps, not just for iOS, right? You were yes, cross yeah, my, apps before. Absolutely, my 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 side project app is is um, an Alexa implementation that, that uh, so you can use Alexa you know, from my app. I'm not going to set off my Amazon Echo there, but uh, anyway, you can, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that 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 app, I I have literally published. It's in the store for, for you know Windows, uh, for and it's available on the Xbox. It's available on um, iOS, WatchOS, Android, Tizen, yeah. and and macOS. Although they wouldn't accept it in the macOS store for some reason, so I have to, I've made it available as a signed download on my on my uh, my website. Huh. But um, but yeah, I've done. I think pretty much all the platforms. At one point, it just became a challenge, you know, just like collecting the badges, you know, to to do all the platforms. Yeah. But but the but the reality is that iOS is where almost all of my sales are. You know, okay, a handful on the other ones. So that's also part of the equation in my mind is, you know, why not um, go kind of native for some things because it's just um, it's going to be more up to date. You know, Apple's supporting it directly, and I don't have to wait for for Microsoft. You know, although they do. Fantastic job in terms of um, supporting all the new features that come out with a new version of iOS and new version of Xcode. You know, the reality is they're going to be behind the curve a little bit, you know, compared to to Xcode. So mm -hmm. there's also an advantage from that perspective. All right, that was very very interesting insights into a world uh, I'm, it must be new to some of our develop uh, some of our listeners. Um, so thank you very much for the for the, telling your story. My pleasure. It's been a nice to chat. So um, we'll we'll see if you move over to to Kotlin or where where else things will take you. We'll we'll talk again. Okay. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not leaving C sharp and Xamarin for a long time. You know, like I said, as well as not instead of. So uh, yeah. All right. My heart's still there. Yep. Thanks. Well, thank you, Damien. And this has been another episode of Dev Talk. We'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye bye. Thank you.